0: This week, we continue our look at Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, the newest addition to 5e Dungeons & Dragons. And this week, we're also looking at the Artificer once again with the Armorer subclass. Support the Dungeon Master's dojo by heading over to Apple Podcasts and Podchaser and leave a review. Take the time to leave a comment as well. This helps make us more searchable to those listeners interested in content such as ours. But more importantly... We want to know how we are doing and what topics you would like to hear about. Another way you can support the DMD is by buying the DMD a beer so we can continue to deliver
1: quality content to you, our listeners. This also helps us upgrade and replace equipment. Head over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash the DMD and buy us a beer or three or five. Don't forget to say something nice or mean. We don't care. You're buying us a beer. Now on to this week's episode.
2: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dungeon Masters Dojo Podcast. This is a show for game masters and players alike. We hope to bring you tips and tricks to elevate your game and develop the art of dungeon mastery. I'm your host, Louis Zapante, and these are your dungeon masters, Scott Labby and Bill Robitaille. Let's enter the dojo and see what they have in store for us today. Gentlemen, so I guess we're talking about the armorer today. More artificers.
1: I have my uh, hammer and my anvil, and we're ready to go.
2: Well, let's get into it.
0: Yeah, let's. I really like the new call to action, and I'm excited about uh, buy me a beer. I know I'm
1: continuously and constantly thirsty, so I'm hoping someone steps up and, and buys us a beer.
2: Me too, because my glass is always half empty. I need it full. you the pessimist. <laughs>
0: Forever the pessimist. Now, just just for clarification, you may be listening to that and going, what? You need beer to continue to deliver quality content that me, the listener, is used to? Yeah. Uh-huh. That's yeah, exactly, exactly what we're saying. Exactly. Um,
1: if by now, after 50-some-odd episodes, you don't realize we drink while we do the podcast.
0: Hence uh, our explicit rating. Um, <laughs> this is... Uh, this is not a way to go to work, kids, but you know what? It helps after uh, <laughs> a long after, day of work. Long, yeah, day of work a yeah. long day of work. And you know what? There's a uh, Sometimes there's a need for uh, lubrication via libation. Wouldn't you say so, Bill? I
1: was, That's exactly the term I was thinking of. Because, I mean, when guys get out of work and they go to the bar, they don't sally up there going, boy, I had a hard day. I really need to unwind. Can I have a club
0: soda? Yeah. No. With with some vodka in it, please. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Better. All right, so let's let's talk the the armor. We're back at it with the artificer. Uh, yes, the are. artificer seems to be going forever. Um, it is
1: one of the largest sections of the book. I think it's because it's relatively new-ish, even though they did take it out of the Eberron book. Uh, the armor. There's parts of this I like. Well, the, the, I'm going to say this pretty much every episode we do on Touches. So there's parts of this I like and parts of it I don't. Uh, this one here, he bonds with his armor. Uh, it becomes almost like, like part skin. of his skin, like yeah. skin.
2: Not only that, it removes, um, any requirements from strength if you need yes. it. any. plate. It replaces a limb.
1: If you're missing a limb, it will repl- the armor automatically replaces it and functions as if it's your
2: limb. I know a couple of characters who could have used that in the past. A- absolutely. Well, you you, you both be... looked at
1: me when you cause I'm
0: the one that lops off limbs on a regular basis. <laughs> It's that weird Star Wars thing. You know, everybody's nice. losing a, a, a hand or a leg in Star Wars and at Bill's game.
2: Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's it's, it's, it
0: is a little more common. It's got this weird George Lucas fetish thing <laughs> going on.
2: I will say I like the the spell list that they get.
0: The spell list, you know, I was uh looking at the the spell list, and that's that's of course under armorer spells. But <laughs> I I see a lot of um a lot of iron man like uh abilities coming from that you know i i can yeah. i can't help but think of uh the artificer shooting magic missiles out of the palm of his hand um and of course uh you know just emitting this thunder wave from his armor that's knocking uh people prone kind of like what um sauron was doing in in, in the lord of the rings <laughs> that big battle in the beginning yes. you know where he's whacking the ground with his mace and people are like falling all over the place from from the uh the impact. It it's got a definite it has that Iron feel. Man vibe. Oh very very
1: it. much. It vibe uh I think it's I think they all they do was just change the color of the suit and then said, okay, let's slap this in a D and D world.
0: Yeah. Almost yeah, almost like a, a steampunk version of Iron Man. They they get a they get some pretty cool spells. You know, mirror image and shatter. You At know, level, that's not too bad. Yeah, and and again with with stuff like this, you gotta you gotta flavor it. You know, you just don't. Want, eh, I cast Thunderwave through my armor. No, that's 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 terrible. I you know my, you know I I just can imagine the armor with all these little um, whistles of, of of steam and 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 spouts of of maybe some multicolored uh, colored gas. gas. Yeah, <laughs> and and the the grinding of little cogs and wheels. Producing these 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 effects. As he leaps out of the second floor window and comes down with the
1: the typical superhero landing. And shattering and the, the cobblestone. And, and then casting Thunderwave Wave as he lands. Yes. That's how I would do it. Well, yeah. I just I you were drooling as I was starting to <laughs> describe this. It's like, yep, Lou's already thought
0: of this. Yeah, this is a this <laughs> is sexy talk for Lou at the game yeah. table there. This yes. is um, but yeah, I mean, also hi- hypnotic pattern, lightning bolt, fire shield, greater invisibility, Absolutely. I like a cloaking device. Yes, yes. Seventeenth um, level
1: wall of force. Yes, you know a lot of fun with wall. It's of
0: force. a it's a nice a nice little spell list that is. Um, it it works thematically, it it works, and you can have a lot of fun if you just flavor it. Yeah, yeah. Take the cool. time to do that. Be the, descriptive, be creative, be imaginative. Yeah, how does my armor work? Magic. No, 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 no like no. what what does it sound like when it powers up and you're about to shoot your magic missile or your thunder wave or whatever out of the uh, out of the boots of your 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 armor, what is it what does it look like? What does it smell like? I was know? about to say who downwind is going, Oh my god,
1: sulfur really?
0: <laughs> yeah, like, like I can almost see the entire suit of armor um, shaking. <laughs> you know, before the thunder wave erupts, you know, and just and just takes people out. There's a little quiver that starts from the feet and works its way up. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's like the energy is building and building and building, yep. being confined inside the the suit of armor, and then finally it's released, and the armor starts but, but shaking. How? I mean, is it one of those where he just does that muscle flex and the whole thing just boom
1: and vibrates, and then off it goes, or does he slap his hands out in front of him, or? I mean, just lift one leg and grin like he's, you know, cutting one loose? I mean, just I mean it's an artificer, you gotta
0: expect something like that. Yeah, or is the armor just a almost like a uh a small mech? Like I could see a gnome sitting inside a a um Goliath sized suit of armor. <laughs> You know, and it's it's almost like it's his it's his Jaeger, you know, from Pacific Rim.
2: <laughs> well, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about having something like um how the Juggernaut's uh, suit is with the helm, except instead of the helm just being covered, I would have it so it slides back. So when I want my face shown, it's there. But then when I want it to go, um, be ready for to be full helmet, it just comes slide back over. And I it kind of Juggernaut looking.
0: Yeah, and that would be cool because you'd see this massive form coming down the street, and then um really, this juggernaut, and then the helmet would retract, and there'd be this teeny tiny little face in there. Yeah, because I, well, I, mean, I was
2: thinking about it for Gravin.
0: Well, at third level, you got the arcane armor. Yep. And actually,
1: it, it it even tells you right out there, you can retract or deploy the helmet as a bonus action, so it, you don't have to worry about building it. It's already there. So, you know, it's like the little folded-up thing, where it could, just a collar yeah. or however you the, want it.
2: Thematically, it just... It, it, you you know, can go you, a lot of if different you ways. you play it right, i think this would be a fun class to play. Uh, Just for thematics, you know, there's some things I don't like about it, like, like Bill, but there's a lot of things I do like. And I think the reason we don't like it is because our world is different than everybody else's. Yeah. And so I mean, after
1: our last I mean, the last episode, you know, I, I did expound quite a bit about how much I do not like this class because of it being so heavily front loaded and so magic heavy. It still doesn't stop me from building it in my head. Right. This would be fun to play in the right world. It's not right for our world. Exactly.
2: That's but what I this
1: think. this is, like I said, thematically especially, this could be a really, really entertaining class to play. Especially because it even tells you you're learning your armor's abilities as you go. Yep. So how do you come about that? I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. Or, oh, no, when you get into a, a situation where you have a problem, you roll the die and say, okay, well, I'm at that level. Um, I want this to happen. And all of a sudden, one of the other functions of the armor becomes apparent. Yep. And, and you like, it can do that? No one told me it can do that. Hey, guess what I can do now? You, know, if you discover it. Play it out. Play out that discovery. You just go, okay, my armor now does this at this level, so I'm going to do this now. It's supposed to be a surprise.
0: Yeah, or played as a surprise, or I've I've been working on, on the schematics, and I think I can do this. And after all this time of research and and looking looking at new metals or or whatever, planning and tinkering, and yeah, this is what I've what I've come up with. It, it gives you some some cool stuff. And Lou mentioned that you know that lack of a strength requirement mm-hmm. uh, for the armor, which is which is very very cool. Because you could have that sciency nerdy kind of character that is now um, you know maybe they've got like a really low strength, but now they could get themselves inside this machine mm-hmm. and do some serious damage like um there was a superhero in in one of the original alpha flights it it was it was like uh, Aurora and North Star were the twins. they almost looked like the Wonder twins there was um, um Vindicator sasquatch and there was this guy box and the um box was like this suit of armor and the guy's name was like roger box be like ochs or something but he was um he was a paraplegic hmm. so he built himself this this like suit of armor that he'd sit inside and he'd go around superheroing and i i could see <laughs> i could see a lot of that being like a, a theme for um this this armor class you know maybe it's someone who is uh uh, wheelchair bound or someone who's frail you know almost like raclin uh from the dragonlance novels um or, you know just someone the, who's not hardy and hale or the victim of some another uh artificer's ex-
1: experimentation
2: yeah right but also keep in mind um your main attributes for this class is, is intelligence so it gives you that chance to i don't have to worry about that. if you, you know if you want to play it like that and your secondary is i believe constitution so you can you can work on those two you really don't need your strength and decks and this suit allows you to it covers that yeah it covers yeah. it yeah to, to delve into those yeah.
0: it it's it's cool it it can it can replace missing limbs so that the thing I like the most um about this is someone can portray an aspect of themselves if you know maybe they're they're wheelchair bound or something, or they're not, you know, they don't have the use of their limbs or they're, 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 they're not ambulatory. Someone could portray an aspect of themselves and it could be very empowering for them to be this armor subclass of the artificer. And I think that could be like a really like healthy, very like cathartic and therapeutic thing for someone in that situation. So I would, I would have to say, you know, like Bravo for, for that, because that opens up a lot of doors. Yes. Um, which I think is a really, really, really good thing, and you can offer for don, don the armor is an action. So I'm seeing this whole thing like open up, you know, the whole chest or whatever open yep. up, and this little dude kind of getting out of out of the armor, and it just kind of standing there waiting for him to climb back into the seat again.
2: I, I, I sure wish I had this um, seven years ago when I when I was playing the, my dwarf and I couldn't don my armor. And I had to go into a full tavern brawl just in my loincloth because I didn't have a chance to put my armor on. <laughs>
0: Yeah, sometimes you don't have that extra ten minutes to put your armor it, on. It would not have been as epic. No, you're uh, right. Uh an underwear clad uh tavern brawl that uh <laughs> caught the entire tavern on fire. Thank goodness not his loincloth. Very theatrical. Yeah, his his boxer briefs. Um He was a fighter, there are sports briefs. The sport <laughs> Yeah, they lend extra support. Yes, you know, you do. don't wanna you don't wanna herniate anything. It's cool, the armor model thing. I, I again, um I don't think it would work for every every campaign setting. I think it would it would uh, it would stand out like a sore thumb in some, and would just be really out of place.
2: And, and that's why I said, you know, um, you really need to have that that talk with your DM, and DM really has to have that talk with you. And, and Bill, you know, says the same thing all the time. Um, if it doesn't fit, you know, you shouldn't be you shouldn't have to expect to play it. Just it's there, right? You know, this is really a conversation you need to have because it really doesn't fit all. Homebrew worlds and even some non-homebrews.
0: Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. And then and then come up with you know a reason why. Like why would why would somebody produce say a set of armor like this? You know uh, the the first thing that comes to mind would be for you know warfare against something that would be otherwise you know unbeatable. You, you know maybe there's a halfling community or a gnome community that's consistently being attacked or has been enslaved or whatever by a much larger creature with a much more formidable force. And then it's like, okay, how do we level the playing field? Well, I've got an idea. Let's build a gigantic suit of armor that's as big as the bad guys but has all these, these, these magic weapons that we can... Strength and abilities. With, yeah. yeah,
1: they're out there punching, but hey, let's let's throw some lightning out of this thing. Yeah. It's yeah, or, or a thunder wave and we'll put four of these out in the front. Yeah. And then all the archers and all our other are, are more conventional weapons. But we'll take all our resources, put four of these out front and see how that happens.
0: Because I can't help but think that after a certain period of time the technology would get out, you know, and then the other nations would, would be like, you know what, we need to put these these um these suits of artificer armor out on our battlefield so now it's the this big like it becomes an arms war yeah and and, and an arms it, race it's, yeah it's it's like it's like the old battletech cartoon you know where there's a bunch of robots out there beating the snot out of each other <laughs> or you or know any s- any incarnation of Gundam yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 Gnomish gundam or whatever have <laughs> you um but the customization op options here are, are pretty cool, where you can chart, change the armor's model whenever you finish a short or long rest. How how that would work? I don't know. I I, I feel like it'd be kind of a stretch.
1: Yeah, it's not like there's a, like a giant switch on the back of it. You can just you
0: know go from red to blue. Yeah, it's it's like what what happens? Your tractor trailer truck turns into a giant robot. Type of thing. You right. know, it just seems, it does seem like a stretch to me. I, w- I can get maybe building multiple suits.
1: Yeah, I, I could see if you design, if you design it to be a guardian, which gives you thunder gauntlets and defensive field, that's fine. It should stay that way. And you're right. If you need another one to be the infiltrator where you get your lightning launcher, your powered steps, your dampening field. But I, mean, I don't see just throwing a giant switch and switching your
0: model from one to the other. I think that's too much. Yeah, it's it's um it's kind of kind of a little too science fictiony for me. I think it hmm. steps even more outside of uh, it's more science fiction and and less steampunk. Yeah, even though it it would work in Eberron and I really think like I could have a good time with this in a spelljammer campaign because maybe maybe these suits were developed to go up against illithids or beholders. Yeah, who are extremely challenging and potent a- enemies and if you really want to find out about them we've done a couple episodes on what well, we've done one on beholders and what? on, on illithids we have and we even talk about reproduction so if you were wondering about uh how that happens
1: that often ends up uh, towards the end of yeah.
0: every episode we do about a
1: lengthy episode about yeah. monsters there's always that uh, the giggity and, factor
0: and it's and it's gross yeah and um in both those especially, cases. With yeah, especially with beholders especially with so we get we get these armor armor models at fifth level. You get that extra that, attack. that extra attack, yeah. which is which is nice. So you can attack twice instead of once, and 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 that's great. Um, armor
1: modifications at ninth. This is where you really start getting wonky with this thing because you start infusing your you, know, you can start using your infusions into your armor, and it
2: doesn't count towards your infusions that you're allowed. Well, let, let's clarify that a little bit. Okay, you, know, you can um. You're correct. You can use your infusions up to four of them on there, but you also get two extra ones as long as they are on yeah, your armor. on your armor.
0: Yeah, so two of them. Yeah, yep. And that's and that's that's pretty cool. I don't what what would you? Uh, the first thing that pops out at me would be arcane propulsion armor or armor of magical strength. Oh, definitely. You know that's yep. that's almost a given. You know, yep. I I think
1: uh, enhanced defense would work pretty well. Yeah. Uh, it actually, the item, you, you need to put it on a suit of armor or a shield. There's a lot of them here that work specifically for it. enhanced weapon. will do the same thing. Uh, the, where was the other one? that I, I spotted that. No, I really hel- thought was helm of awareness. Yeah, um, that was it. That, that's yeah, a nice you can't, one. Cause you can't be surprised. Right. And six level repulsion shield. There's another shield four charges and gives you an armor class bump.
2: Well, let's take a step back. Think about this one using a replicate armor. I mean, replicate um, item. You create the winged boots. Yeah, flight. So now you you're play? flying. Well, yeah, it's armor. It's Iron Man. You got to fly yeah. at some point.
0: <laughs> and your DM's pissed. Yes, <laughs> DM's never like any player yeah, that, character. That's flying. right. My Aarakocra, uh <laughs> armor artificer has <laughs> now made flying boots. So <laughs> even in this big metal box, my ass is still flying <laughs> around. I like that.
1: Boy, that upsets a DM. Yes, it does. Yeah, yeah they, they don't like your player characters when your movement, you know, it's it, flying especially. Even if your movement's extreme on the ground, it makes things difficult. But when you start flying, oh, geez. Yeah,
0: but, you know, really, I mean, my answer to flying things is uh, bows and arrows. Yeah, or other flying things. Other flying things, yeah. So, or come on, guys. It, it, it eventually got to land. Yep. Make
1: landing difficult. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> those yeah. yeah, those wings are going to get tired. Yeah so there's a lot of infusions that you can put into your armor and a lot of them specifically say the item is a suit of armor it's, you know so th- it's th- these are designed to be put on a suit of armor or a shield or something along those lines for protection so yeah there's there's an awful lot of of infusions here and probably a third of them could very easily be
0: incorporated into your armor I can't help but think it would be just fun to level up an armor for the player.
1: This has got to be a nightmare for the game master.
0: Uh, Yeah. For the game master, I could see it being, being a headache, but man, it would be fun um, to, uh, to, to just play with the armor and, and and do your thing and level these guys up and be a, uh, be a landing party (laughs) Um, in, in a spell jammer campaign. I would go as far as to paint my armor red, you know, just to tempt fate. Well, of of yep. course, you would. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> but it would be great. I think. I think it'd be. No, no. Ooh, 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 pick me! I'll be the red shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yep. This is for all my brethren that came before me. So, you know, <laughs> and uh, on on that, actually, let's talk about the perfected armor first. But I want to ask your opinion on something afterwards, both of you guys. All right. So you got uh, you get these extra benefits, you know, based on whatever whatever model of armor that that you have. Yep. Which are, are are pretty nice. So you get um when a huge or smaller creature you can see ends its turn within thirty feet of you, you can use your reaction to magically force the creature to make a strength saving throw against your spell save DC. And that uh pulling the creature up to thirty feet towards you uh, to an unoccupied space. You know? Get over here. You know <laughs> just,
2: Well exactly. Once it gets within well, five not feet only that. You. Just think about this. If we're in a campaign and her character's in trouble. I can actually pull you away out from in, of the yeah out of danger yeah yeah. So I mean, you got to really think about what you can do. It's just not can, it's not always about the enemy, you know. Yeah. Because I see this armorer more as a, a defensive player and a control a field control person than anything else.
1: Well, that that particular of ability is under the guardian. Yep. So yeah, I can see how you know. Oh, he's in trouble, or he's not close enough to put, you know, laying of hands or something from, their, from my paladin or healing from my cleric, c- call the cleric to you on one side and you pull him to, you know, five feet behind you and now the cleric has access to him to heal him and you're standing in front to impose yourself yeah. between the, the enemy and your fallen comrade. Yeah, I could see that.
2: But then also there's the, you can pull the enemy towards you and that causes a little bit more, um, I think you can attack on him. A you do if you get, him, if you get you him within five yep. feet. yep. yep.
0: I just see it being real theatrical. You know, the well, stuff you could do. You know, pull in uh, an ally out of danger while uh, blasting someone with a magic missile.
2: That's right, because you um, get to attacks if it's, your, you know, your initiative.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and that's, uh, that, that just, the cool factor is really, really high with well, that. Well, this whole class, in including
1: its subclasses, the cool, it's, it's cool factors off the charts on this one.
0: It, it really is. And it looks like, a lot of fun to play. Yes, um, it, it just it has no part in our homebrew r- world. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the class in general, but I would play it. Yeah, I would play it just to build the armor. I'd I'd play it just to torment the game
1: master.
2: You? I don't know if <laughs> I, don't, I to be honest. I don't know if I would play this particular subclass. You know, if there's a another subclass. I'm I I think a actually a little bit better and it would probably surprise
1: you both yeah right it would probably be a surprise because i already think i know which one you are. No, you don't no i i, I think i know oh, okay. i'm probably wrong but <laughs> i think i know
2: it's not the artillerist so i'll just say that <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then at same thing at the same level as your guardian with the perfected arm you have your infilt- your infiltrator and any creature that takes lightning damage from the lightning launcher glimmers with magical light until you start your next turn Hey, fairy fire uh the glimmering Creature sheds dim light five feet radius and has disadvantage on attack rolls against you as the light jolts as if you attacks you. In addition, the next attack against it has advantage, so you've already built an advantage on for everyone else because he's lit. Yep. He's advantage to you, and he takes a D6 lightning damage on top of it.
2: We're going to take this one step further. I lightning jolt the creature. Now he gets this advantage to attack me, and I get advantage to attack him. I get my second attack. At advantage, if I hit, the next person behind me now gets advantage to hit that guy. So that's actually more damage because I'm actually dealing twice the damage because I also get the extra attack, the extra lightning damage from my, my bolt. There you go. So now my cleric or whoever that's behind me, my fighter, hopefully, or my thief, can hit him with their advantage attack.
1: And the sneak and
0: then the thief comes in with a sneak attack.
2: Yeah. And add those extra D six. <laughs>
0: well, you add the action surge for a fighter in there and like yep. uh, you know, with, with advantage. You can you can take enemies down fast. Yes. With with that. It's um it's a little OP when you think of it that way.
2: Yeah. I had to actually it, thought about that. I was like, so I get my first attack and if I hit, I get advantage to hit him again, which gives somebody else advantage behind me. To get their attack, and if it's the rogue or the barbarian, yep. they're going to crush them because yeah. they have advantage. I mean, it's highly unlikely that you're not going to hit that that creature at that time, and then you know it's just all downhill from there.
1: Keep that in mind, Scott, when you're game mastering.
0: <sighs> <laughs> so my my question to you is, yes, how what kind of game do you see the uh, armor in? You know, high fantasy Lord of the Rings or uh, Shannara-type stuff? Certainly not.
2: No. No. I actually see something like this in um, the game you put together but that you call it the Donnelly Files. You know, that comes to mind for me. You know, it's very um, early age, a little steampunky, with um, some technology involved in it. That's where I see this at.
1: You know, the problem is that you, you're still so overpowered compared to because that's more League of Extraordinary yeah. Gentlemen yep. power level, and this would definitely be... By far and large, outstrip every. So you'd have to put together in D &D. anD. d It's in D anD. d It's yeah. It's going to be tough. It'd have to be like I said, Eberron. I can see it in Spelljammer. I can see this in Spelljammer.
0: I would um, just to diverge for a moment. um, When you we brought up like the the Donnelly files and stuff, I when I met Scott Legault, I met him at Carnage Con, and we were playing uh, this game called Brass and Steel which was a wonderful game and i played this guy iron jim and he basically he built a steampunk iron man uh suit and i see these the the armor armor similarly um i wasn't doing all this fancy stuff because it was very steampunky but i had a i had a wonderful time playing at his table it was just it was fantastic and scott's <laughs> a terrific guy he was nice enough to come on on the podcast, and 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 he's he's a friend of the podcast, that, but and in a, a fine DM. So, when the world opens back up again, if you're ever at a convention and you see Scott Legault's name, uh, yeah, play running, that table, play on that table, yes. um, and then thank me afterwards because yes. you'll have a really good time. Um, I see. I would if I was going to have this in my game. Um. And I had everybody at the table playing it, except for Bill, because he wouldn't be able to, because it's my game, and I am the dungeon master. and he Has to do what I say. Um, but I, I think I would, I think I would take a um, a kind of a Terminator approach to it, almost like a post apocalyptic steampunk fantasy, where uh, maybe an alternate universe in Eberron, where the uh, Warforged have kind of gone off reservation and formed this big. War forged kind of nation and marched on all the soft bodies and started <laughs> uh, you know wreaking havoc and and overthrowing uh, nation after nation. So in response to this, the gnomes built these these Jaegers, you know, these suits <laughs> of armor to go out there and and combat the war forged. So it's this gritty apocalyptic future of Eberron where uh, you know the party is uh, um, armorers of uh or or maybe even artillerists, but let's just go with armors because we haven't gotten that far yet, yeah, and they've got their their um their suits of armor and they're like armor pilots, <laughs> you know, and there's a you know they have their 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 teams they're like little squads and stuff they go out with and and the armor has its own name, you know like peace lily and stuff like that, <laughs> um yeah. you know four hooves. <laughs> You know, if it's like a dog-shaped armor or something and inside are these like little dudes, you know, the gnomes or the halflings and, you know, the gritty little halflings with, um, you know, it's such a hard life that the hair on their feet's gray, even though they're like 20. <laughs> and they smoke cigars and they got scars and maybe one white eye, you know, and they're just these hard, hard halflings. You know, they're not, they don't get, there's no second breakfast <laughs> and uh dystopian Eberon. There's nothing just one big bucket of hardtack. There's <laughs> and gravy that's constantly warmed by the engine. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what you live yeah, on. Yeah, they're 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 heating jerky up on the engine of the their Jaegers, you know, and they're they're going out there and fighting war forged. And that that's that that's the campaign I would use that in. And I'd have like a really, really good time with that. You still you can't play though, Bill. All right. Because you'll fuck that all up for me. Yeah, I probably would. <laughs> I'll play it. I, I Tom do. can't play either because I know Tom's going to min-max the shit out of it. <laughs> He's going to try to pull a fast one on me. Uh, Tom and I will go over there and play Tiger
1: Woods Golf on, yeah, the, you, on the computer. or
0: <laughs> <laughs> That fishing game that's you, have, it, on, you have on your Nintendo Yay, 64. We're going to borrow the wife's Wii. <laughs> play tennis. <laughs> Come on, John. We get to play tennis. But well, that, that—that's—that's how I would—I would use that. I actually think that would be a blast. That sounds pretty good. It I like does. that. To—to—to yep. to, uh, to run a game like that, that'd be fun. Maybe I'll let you play, Bill. Great. Well, later on in the book, we get into the
1: sidekick rules. Guess what? I get to play. Guess what? <laughs> <laughs> I get to be a sidekick.
0: Bill will play that—that that little scout mech that rides along <laughs> on the back. Of uh of Tom's big min-maxed suit of <laughs> artificer armor. As
1: long as I can fly. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta piss you off somehow.
0: Overall impression, I I'll tell you, I could have a blast uh playing this and and running the right game. I I would have to have a game specifically for this type of thing. I just don't think it would fit in a lot of fantasy settings or the type of fantasy games I like to run. Yep. But I think as a one-shot or maybe something that you know, you you popped in and out of every now and again, it would be wicked fun to to run a game. You know, almost like if we were having a an Eberron normal Eberron campaign. I'm not a big fan of the Eberron world, but it's it's cool. I'd like to delve into that and play around a little bit. Yep. I would, I think, do something like the Star Trek mirror universe, you know, the <laughs> one where Spock had a goatee. That's how you could tell everybody was a bad guy. Yep, yep, go goatee. goatees. And just go pop into that, that mirror universe, introduce it maybe in a, in a uh, game session, and then pull the players out, but then revisit that. You know, this is what's going on here, and here's your team of halfling Jaeger pilots, and, um, you know, name your armor and stuff, and play around with that kind of like, it just as to have a good time, I've already named my my mech that I'll never get to play. What what is it? The Azure Butterfly. Oh, that's badass! Yeah, the Azure Butterfly. Yeah, well, all right, we got to do it. <laughs> I got a name. Just you, because you got, that you, name is awesome, the you, Azure Butterfly. You got to
1: let me. Got I got to build a build right, my armor still, now. You
0: you got to put and you got to have like the 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 paintings on the side. You know, like oh, the absolutely. bombers from World War Two. You yep. know, where they had the pinup girls or something yep. like that. Bills would have this big, well, an azure butterfly naturally, maybe on his thigh. Oh yeah, well, I'd have or a to... tramp stamp on the armor. Tramp
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. There you go. I'm tramp stamping my my armor with the azure butterfly. Yep, half a scantily clad halfling female with with wings. Yeah, there you gotta, go. Gotta have the pinup. Yeah, as a tramp stamp on my armor. I'm maybe, there. Maybe I'm the good. pilot's
0: name could be Azure. Yeah. Yeah. And you put the armor and, and, and the little halfling together, and now it's the Azure Butterfly.
1: That's it. I don't know. It's that's happening. It's yeah, it, it. yeah, that's it. My right before Azure. your
0: ears, people. That's it. The armor's the the Armor's name,
1: armor's name is Butterfly, and I'm Azure. And you put them together, the, two of us, it's the Azure, butterfly. Azure Butterfly. So go. what do you think, Bill? You're right. I think it all boils down to the campaign setting, pretty much. Um, if you had the right campaign setting, this would be a blast to play. I do like it. We've said a bunch of times it's not gonna fit everywhere, it's not our world. Uh, but I like I said, the cool factor on this thing's off the scale. Because there's so much it can do. There'd be I think it'd be a few house rules incorporated here. Uh, just a few things like being able to switch your, your model armor back and forth. I don't I think that's too much. Pick one or the other, stick with it, or change armor. But don't just throw the big red switch on the side and all of a sudden boop, you're a different piece of armor. But aside from that, this could be fun. You're right. This could be it. I don't see a long campaign out of something like this. This could be overpowering too much, too quick, especially as you start developing the armor. And as a player, you start figuring out more things. It's going to be a nightmare for the Game Master. So, but it's a one off, you know, one, two, three sessions. And like I said, revisit now and again, maybe. Uh, it, w- it would be fun to play. It
2: would be fun to play. It'd be fun to build and fun to play. What do you think, Lou? I I I'm still having trouble really liking this one. I mean, thematically to be Iron Man, that'd be pretty cool. But I guess I'm so used to our world, I really don't. I don't get. I don't. I can't. I don't feel this class. Um, I just don't like it. Well, this will. Well, we played a
1: Marvel game yep. where we played low power superheroes, mm-hmm. and I played a gentleman who owned a junkyard yep. and built power armor out of the items he had in his junkyard. Yep. That'd be very similar to this, where it'd be very steampunky. Um, his armor would announce what it was about to do. You'd hear ping, ping, ping. Your lasers are armed. You know, it, it it always announced what it was going to do before it did it. Uh, but it was fun because it was thematic. And, and you know, if the bad guy would go, did it just say lasers? All of a sudden, you shoot your lasers. It, it didn't stop anything. It was just fun to play with. But again, it depends on the world you're you're you right. building it in. So I I played something similar to this in a different world, more
0: modern, obviously. But I could see that I could make the transition pretty easily. You're going to, on the ride home tonight, now don't lie. You're going to be thinking, what would I name my armor? No, nah, not for this one. I really. I'll get a text in the morning. You, you and might. And the group text. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're both that, like going, you liar. you liar. You liar. You're already out, thinking of it.
2: Out of all the artificer classes, though, this is probably my number three I would play. I can't wait to find out what your
0: one and your two are.
2: My, well, I don't want to hear <laughs> you it. You don't want we to get hear it. To it. <laughs> we, not until <laughs> we get to it. Until yep. we get. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. And that's Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, the Artificer, and the subclass, the Armorer. Stay tuned for next week when we look at the Artillerist. That's going to conclude this episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Please subscribe to the podcast for more great content. If you'd like to hear a particular topic, you can reach us out on Facebook at the Dungeon Masters Dojo, or you can drop us an email at thedungeonmastersdojo at gmail.com. Thank you, and have a good day.